Glitterball Podcast. It's week five in Britain's most famous house and the housemates are about to partake in the Hunger Games. If being in Big Brother wasn't enough, this week we have our very first, like, fully branded task about the brand new Hunger Games film and two more housemates get the boot. Oh, yes, just because we have a short series doesn't mean Big Brother isn't going to throw the housemates some twists and turns along the way, and this week is certainly that. Let's get into it. Welcome to He's Always Watching, a Big Brother podcast. Before we get into the discussion, dissection and analysis of this episode, just a reminder, I'm not judging these housemates as total people. I'm judging them off the edit we are seeing, so please be kind and don't send any hate. It's only a game show. It's not that serious. Oh my God, it is week Five in Britain's most famous house. Ooh, we are getting close to the pointy end of this competition and boy, do we have a lot to talk about in our recap of this week. Our housemates faced our biggest branded task of the season, competing in their own version of the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games really, though, was that group discussion about who would face nomination because the knives were out. I was like, damn, this isn't even officially face-to-face nominations. God, wow, okay, let's just... Woo! And then we had yet another double eviction. And this one was a doozy. And we'll get to the most jaw-dropping moment of all of that very soon. But it was Trish and Chanel who got the boot taking a number off of each of the divided camps in the house from the upstairs gang and the garden gang. Well, now they're both shorter in numbers. Really, just one heck of a week all round. Why don't we start with the biggest moment of this week and do things in a tiny bit of a reverse order for once. And let's talk evictions. I would argue there was probably a sigh of relief from Dylan and Paul's evictions. I think the house kind of decompressed given the tension that both of them had brought to the dwelling. Uh, Having said that, I also feel like the house maybe brewed a sigh of relief seeing Chanel go. I... That was an interesting one because we'll get to Trish in a second because that's its own kettle of fish. But Chanel's eviction, I think Chanel kind of put herself in that boat. Her behaviour recently has not been cute. She has really been kind of bitchy. And I... I, It's a shame because I really... I loved Chanel at one point. But lately, she's... Pulled a Jenkin and all she does is moan. So I was glad to see her go. But I think she really didn't help herself in the last few days with the kind of rebounding of the stoush with Trish. It just didn't come across that great. 
But then there is Trish's eviction, which is our jaw-dropping moment of the week, if I do say so myself, going from chance to win to being evicted. She was shocked. We were shocked. It's all very mind-boggling. And it goes, goes to show, I think, that just because the crowd are chanting one thing doesn't necessarily mean that the general public at large agrees. And I think it's a good lesson because I think us as fans of the show can give a lot of weight to that crowd, but clearly the crowd is not the be-all, end-all. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this impacts the rest of the kind of live crowd-influenced moments. And whether it has any impact at all, that's something I'm definitely going to be looking out for at the final. I was very, very shocked by Trisha's eviction. I didn't see it coming, and I was kind of gobsmacked. But now, let's talk about The Hunger Games. This was a really clever branded task. Props to the task team all season, quite generally. But... In particular, this was an, a really well-pulled-off task. I really enjoyed the different challenges they made them do. I thought the rocks was really simple, but actually really quite clever. I was kind of shook. I was like, this is such a clever idea for a task, because it's so simple, you wouldn't think it would be so tense. It's like watching the most tense game of Jenga... I have in a very, very long time. And then you had the weights with Tom and Jenkin. I feel like I've forgotten a piece of this task. But all in all, just a very strong, strong task. But to get to the pointy bit, which was not so much Hugh was getting immunity, because she lost it later, but who was up for eviction? This was so tense. Like, I bet you could have felt the pressure in that room would be like the drop of a pin. That was a terrible analogy. I'm ever so sorry. But you get the point, right? Very tense room. And you know what? Jenkin has gotten on my nerves for moaning so constantly this season. But credit where credit is due, he took the nomination reasonably well. It was really interesting, though, to me, to see Yinran attempt to open up and kind of say, look, you haven't been talking to me. There is no connection here. I have tried. And I don't know whether that will improve, to be honest. I think it. I think when you're at week five, that ship has kind of sailed, in my opinion. So it was interesting for me to see her kind of open up like that. Also interesting was Jordan sort of just towing the party line in the end because he had no other option. It was just a really interesting um, moment in group dynamics, I think. And it's going to be really interesting to see the kind of ongoing impact because we have face-to-face nominations coming up 
in this week that I will talk about in our next episode. But this was really fascinating because it was so tense and it wasn't even officially face-to-face nomination. I was very shook. Very, very shook. But a very well-put-together task. And I'm glad to see that we have kind of this truce between the Henry, Matty and and Jordan nonsense. Because, look, it is entertaining. But, my God, there comes a point where you're just like, boys, pack it in, figure it out, please. Please. For the sake of all of us. I did also really enjoy seeing the honest conversation between Henry and Matty. Because, look, I'm going to be a little controversial here. But I am worried that Jordan is leading him on. I'm worried that Henry has really caught feelings. And I'm worried that Jordan is leading him on. I guess time outside of the house will tell us. But I'm worried. I'm very, very worried. After this break, we're going to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to give you my winner's prediction oh yes it's time folks welcome back it's time for me to put my winner's prediction out in the world look I think being week 5 I think it is a safe time to tell you who I think has a high chance of winning this show. And for me, it comes down to two. For me, it is Yinran and Jordan. I'll start with Yinran to explain you through my reasoning here, but I personally believe we've seen so much growth in Yinran. She's been an absolute delight to witness grow in this house we've had so many hysterical moments need I just point you to get a grip wee man which is something I use on a far too regular basis to just seeing her blossom it's really beautiful and I'm really hoping that the British public crown her the other person who I think might have a strong chance is Jordan. Jordan has given us, again, so much great television. It would be... I would be quite happy to see Jordan win as much as I'm kind of irritated by him and the love triangle at the moment. I think he's definitely given us enough great television that he'd be a worthy winner. However, I'm going to give you a third, which is who I think the public may crown. And quite frankly, I think it's a mistake. As much as I love this person, seeing Olivia crown would be a mistake to me. She is wonderful television in the sense of she kicks off, she's kind of balls to the wall unapologetic, but then we've seen the side where she's been a sheep. And I don't like my winners to be sheep, quite frankly. Bring her back for an all-stars down the line, maybe. But 
the she's not winner material to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. So those are my three predictions. Will any of them take out the crown? Only time will tell, and we don't have long until that time will tell us, quite frankly. So we'll come back to this postseason and we'll see how wrong and or right I was. I'll actually be very curious to see just how wrong or right I actually am. But with that said, that is all I have for you on this week five wrap-up of He's Always Watching, a Big Brother podcast. Thank you, as always, for being here. My God, this series just keeps on giving and giving, doesn't it? And I really love being on this ride with you. So thank you for being here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And go leave me a five-star rating on whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on. And you can come say hello over on the He's Always Watching Instagram. Um, I'd love to have a chat with you about this series. Love to know who your winner for this series is. And you can go and vote over on the poll that's on our Twitter, which is... I don't know why I said that with an accent. But which is we... R, just the letter R, clickable. There will be a poll up there, and I will use your results in our post winner podcast. I can't wait to see whether you get it right or wrong and beat me, but I guess we'll find out, huh? That's kind of, that'll be fun. Please take care out there. And remember, Big Brother's not the only one who's always watching. See you soon. Glitterball Podcasts.